From the Atonement Fargo Studios on South University Drive in Fargo, North Dakota, this is That Podcast. Hey, to contact the crew, submit your questions or comments, go to atonement.live slash podcast questions. And now, here's those crazy people with That Podcast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode 17 of That Podcast. My name is Ryan Janke, and as always, I'm joined by Pastor DJ Lura and Sarah D. Young. And this week, we kicked Paul to the curb. They were getting way, way, way too rowdy the last couple of podcasts. It was crazy. He and Mark, so it's a, there's a sense of calm now. Yeah, actually, we need to address Mark specifically because he feels... So the last time we said, you two can be on, but you have to be on separate, right? Mm-hmm. So then we brought Paul on, and two podcasts came out. Mm-hmm. But it was only one recording session. It was. We're pulling back the curtain here a little bit. <laughs> but, no one uh, wants to see how you make the sausage. Right, <laughs> right. But now Mark, he's he's feeling a bit, uh, is jilted the word? Is he demanding equal time? Well, equal, he, uh, he, thinks that, he thinks that Paul got to be on twice now. I think and I just, suppose. I think it's your problem of you make promises to people following through on them. Now you're blaming me? Well, no, I'm just... I'm just pointing it out that, you know, that's why you don't bid promise. <laughs> well, I did I did talk to him about a potential uh uh topic that we could we could bring him in for and Absolutely. he's an he's we an gotta, authority on. Yes, we, we gotta have Mark back. Yep. So sure. yeah. Maybe next week. We'll see. So we gotta check his schedule. He's a yeah. very busy man yeah. in high demand. He is that that's a fact. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So How's everybody's week going? I split my head open. What? I cut my head wide open. Well, now you got to tell us yeah. more about that. We should have just been recording earlier. We could have been recording earlier. <laughs> you yeah. You can't see. It doesn't yeah. look like you did. No, you can't now. It's it's better now. So it's, uh, I like to say, since I have no shame, I don't mind telling the story because it's really stupid. But I uh, got Those up. Those are the best stories. Yeah. <laughs> I got up in the middle of the night to, to uh, uh, answer nature's call, and um, I, I walked out of the bathroom, and the way that our house is set up, you would go out into the hallway and take a left to go back to our, to our uh, uh, bedroom. But I didn't turn any lights on because I didn't want to wake anybody up, so uh, I turned, and as I like to tell everybody, uh, I, I like to blame the cat for everything. So this is all the cat's fault, but I had to close the bathroom door because otherwise the cat gets into everything and claws up the shower curtain. So I closed the door and I thought I was headed down the hallway and I was angled right to where the hallway wall and the staircase wall meet. And uh, that's where my head met. And uh, it, 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 and physics did the rest of the work. It wasn't a, it wasn't a pretty scene from what I understand. So, but yeah, it looks better now. Oh, you look like $100. Yeah, well, thank you. You're welcome. You're welcome. And this uh, episode is actually sponsored by Ryan's Nightlights. They are not liturgically <laughs> colored yet, but you can send all of those donations to the church. <laughs> We're working on the patent for that. You know, isn't it kind of funny? If you ever think about, you know how like when you try to hit somebody with a shopping cart? you uh, like Who what? does that? <laughs> okay. Who, Some you shop? can... I've worked at Target for too many years. If I if I see you in a Target, I'm gonna go to Walmart. I'm just I'm just gonna leave. I saw watch you, out. I saw you at Costco once. I'm glad that it was a short visit. 
Well, no. So, like, if you ever try to hit somebody, like, in the back with a shopping cart, you're going to catch their ankle. Like, in their your Achilles. Yeah. But why is it that, like, your feet didn't stop you from hitting your head first? So, like, you would think that your foot would have hit the wall before your head did. That's a good point. Well, weird things to think about. No, not really, because the 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 wall was at a ninety degree angle. So even if I, I mean, if you line it up perfectly, my feet would have been outside oh. of that, and the, the yeah, the corner got to my head before it came at you, cat a corner, yeah, yeah. Uh, cat K- kitty wampus, kitty, yeah. yeah, kitty wampus, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Again, blaming the cat. It's yeah. perfect. Uh, Yes, as all things should be blamed on the cat. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so, yeah, so that was my fun and adventure for the week. So, yeah. So, uh, so did you get like a butterfly stitch? Did you go to the, the no, emergency room? No. Well, we did go to the emergency room, but uh, I don't want to. Uh, if well, maybe if you're if you're if you're driving, pull over or or whatever. I guess I can tell what happened. My I was bleeding pretty heavy. Out of my out of my forehead, and uh, right in the center. Yeah, right down the middle. Oof. Yeah. Um. I uh, well, I'll get to that in a second. Yeah, right in the center, right down the middle, right between the eyebrows. I yeah, busted open. So my wife, I I uh, I was laughing. I was sitting on the step, sort of chuckling because of how dumb this was. And I called to my wife, and and she came and turned on the light and went. <gasps> And, As you're just covered in blood. Uh, well, I don't know that I was. Cu- I mean, I can't even a see small it. little cut on the head though mm-hmm. will bleed profusely. Yeah. I mean, it just that's the worst place to get even a like a paper cut because it will bleed a well, lot. Th- that's the, yeah. That's the reason I called her was because as I'm sitting there, I'm like, there's something trickling down my forehead oh, right no. now. <laughs> so I, <laughs> yeah, I well, I said, uh, listener, beware right now. So I, I put my the back of my hand up to my head, and I felt something wasn't right. So then I called to her, and that was when she came. She grabbed a hand towel and put it on my head, and, and uh, yeah, one thing led to another, and I passed out. And, uh, uh, yeah, I went to the emergency wow. room, but they did not stitch me, uh, and they did not use any of the, the super glue because he said what will happen is it will dry, and it will split open, and it doesn't make much sense anyway it's like 150 dollars for the little tube he told oh, me. oh sure so uh, uh did it stop bleeding by the time you got to the er yeah it was like you just a, applied pressure yeah the whole yeah it was for quite some time mm-hmm. but yeah it was yeah oh, wow. ridiculous did they at least bandage you yeah. at the hospital yes yeah i got some sticker i got some no no sticker and i didn't get a sticker call and complain i should I'll wait till I get the bill. Okay. You know. <laughs> Call insurance. <laughs> this is how much or would it have been with the, bill, the sticker? With the sticker, $25. <laughs> <laughs> For a little like SpongeBob SquarePants sticker. Uh, yeah. So, uh, uh, yeah, I got a band aid. They put some antibiotic ointment on it and uh, uh, bandaged me up, and away I went. So, yeah. Um, but, you know, so I'm into, uh, I'm into grilling now and I want to, I want to, uh, do some more smoking of, of, uh, meat mm-hmm. and, uh, I want to, uh, I'm looking for a, a barrel. This is for another time to talk about, but I'm looking for like a 55 gallon drum to make a smoker out of. Okay. And then I want to, I want to get good at this. And then I want to open up split forehead barbecue. Ooh. <laughs> Right? That sounds like a barbecue name, doesn't kind it? Kind of. 
You know, that would fit right in in the south in North Carolina where I was at. I think I think there was some that were named pretty close to that. Uh, yeah, split forehead barbecue. As long as you have good barbecue sauce, you can call whatever you want. That's true. Yeah, so we'll we'll see how that how that pans out over time here. But well, glad so, to hear that you're all right yeah. and in one piece. Yeah, you know, uh, so Mark and I were all this uh, all this uh, barrel smoker stuff came about after I hit my head. And it was Mark who pointed out that a slip and a fall and a hit on the head was also how Doc Brown came up I was with the flux the capacitor. Same thing. I'm like, so you're discovering like a time traveling <laughs> smoker? Is that where you're going with this? Well, we'll see. I'll, <laughs> I'll let you know. The flux yeah. capacitor, <laughs> which makes time travel pa- possible. Yep. So that was also a, a hit to the head in the bathroom. This was right outside the bathroom, but it's got to be close yeah. enough. So. I don't know. All I'm thinking of is, have you seen or heard of, it's such a bad movie. I think there's two of them. There's uh, a lot of bad movies. Hot Tub Time Machine. No. I'm oh. ne- I, I know what you're talking about. Yeah. I've never seen that. Is it any good? Stupid. Oh, perfect. So <laughs> when you're saying time traveling smoker, that's just my thought. <laughs> Four white guys in a hot tub <laughs> traveling back in time. No, not interested. <laughs> Did you guys watch the Marvel Movies like Marvel Avengers Endgame. Uh, I'm n- no, I'm not caught up, but we have okay. Disney Plus, so I need to get that way, but not yet. They, I, 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 not to spoil anything for you, but they, they bring up an intriguing theory of time travel that basically rebuts those movies. Mm. Um, so you're gonna have to watch them, and then yeah. maybe we can talk about it. I'll have to get caught future. up. Yeah, that'll that'll be my that'll be my project now. There you go. So yeah, but anyway. A, a good question came up yesterday that I'd like to ask and discuss. Um, what to do with Bibles when you are when they when they've when they have uh, uh, you when they when they're done. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so my son Eli had. Not when you finish reading them, when they they're falling. Yes. Right. Well, so this is why the question came up. Eli had a children's Bible, and he, you know, he's fourteen now, so he's had it for quite some time and grew out of it a long time ago. But it's a Bible, right? Sure. You can't get rid of it. Yeah. What are you going to do with it? And then we're we're going through his room. We rearranged his room, and we're going through everything. And there's this Bible. And the dog had chewed on it, like the on the binding. You know, it, you could still read it, but it looked hideous. Sure. You know, so a the, well-worn sword. Been through yeah, many battles. Correct. But what do you do with that? That was the question that came up at home because you know, you don't you can't throw away a Bible, hmm. can you? Well, you know, I mean, I think it it starts with what is the Bible? I, uh, for yourself, when you think about a Bible, what is it? It's the word of God. It's the word of God. Sure. So what is the word of God? The Bible. Yeah. (laughs) A equals B, B equals A. When we talk about the word of God, um, the word of God means three things simultaneously. Um, The word of God first... First and foremost, before anything else, the Word of God is Jesus Christ. He is the living Word of God, and the Bible proclaims this. 
um, in the beginning was the Word, the Word was with God, and the Word was God. What What is older, the Bible or the Word of God? Mm. Word of God. The Word of God. The Word of God. Yeah. yeah uh, in the beginning, God speaks and everything mm-hmm. is created, right? So first and foremost, the Word of God is Jesus Christ. Now, how does the Word of God come to you, the hearer? The Holy Spirit? Well, the Holy Spirit uses the Word of God mm-hmm. inside the hearer, but how does the Word of God come to you, the hearer? Through a, a preacher. Through You hear it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Right. It's spoken out loud. The Word is spoken. And for God to create, God creates through speaking. Um, he speaks and it happens. Mm-hmm. What came first? The word of God preached, because that's what we're talking about. This is the spoken word of God, or the Bible. Preached? Yeah, because the Bible is made up of the word Mm -hmm. preached. Everything that's recorded in the Bible began with a preacher speaking it. God speaking. Um, So that's the threefold expression of what the word of God means. The word of God is first and foremost Jesus Christ. Now, how do you know that what you're hearing from a preacher is the word of God? Mm. The preacher is preaching Jesus Christ. Because that's the word, the word spoken. And Jesus says this about himself in the Gospel of John. He says, I didn't come in the world to judge the world. My word will be the judge of the world. And so when the preacher preaches, Christ is the judgment of the world. It's the judgment on what the preacher is preaching, and it is the judgment on the hearer as to how they respond to what is preached. And this has to do with faith. So if someone uh, says that they're a preacher, but they're preaching something other than Jesus Christ, you know that they're a false preacher or a false prophet. Um, The Bible talks about that as well. Now, along with... The word of God being Jesus Christ and Jesus Christ preached through voices, through followers of Jesus, through preaching, proclamation, announcing the good news of Jesus Christ. You have the Bible. Mm -hmm. And the Bible is the recording of God's revelation to the world of who God is. It is the written word of God. And so how can you know whether or not what you have heard about Jesus is true it's tied into the written word of God. If a preacher is preaching something contrary to what the Bible says, the written word of God, then you know they're not preaching about Jesus. Like if I said that Jesus wasn't really um, uh, the savior of the world, he was just a really cool guy. You'd say, wow, that's really interesting. What does the Bible have to say about that? Because the Bible is the collection of God's revelation to the world. It is... It is um, the authoritative source and norm for Christian life and living because we trust that it's God's word for us. It, it is um, God's revelation of himself. And outside of the word of God, the Bible, what we know about Jesus or what we hear preached are measured by what scripture says. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So I can't just come up with a new revelation of Jesus Christ and say, like, for example, to some of my friends in a different uh, 
uh, American faith tradition that Jesus, after he's risen from the dead, decided to come to North America and preach to all of the uh, Hebrews who had traveled over here um, after the Babylonian captivity of 587 B.C., my understanding Do you was know he went what to. I'm talking I love about. that musical. <laughs> my my understanding is he went to the to Chick Fil A as well. Yes, um, neither one of those things are true because neither one of those things is recorded in the Bible. Mm-hmm. Okay, so that's that's the standard. That's the measure. Um, now the Bible by itself, uh, regardless of the content that's inside of it, is a book, mm-hmm. and it's a book made from. Um, Things that break down in as part of the creation, right? Paper. Uh, it, it's not as if the Bible is an indestructible, um, sacrosanct object of worship. Mm-hmm. It's not. In fact, um, the Bible is meant to be as accessible to anyone in any circumstance because of what it contains, not because of what it is. The Bible, the book, is not sacred. Right. You follow me? Yes. What makes it sacred is the believer who has been um, blessed by what it says. And now you get into issues of, of personal um, respect for the Bible. Mm-hmm. Um, like, for example, in my office, I have several Bibles. And because of their usefulness to me, and because of their sentimentality to me, I've kept I've kept them. I have Bibles in Norwegian. I don't read Norwegian. <laughs> but this was, uh, the Bible that I have in Norwegian was my great-grandmother's, and it was passed down to me. Now, why do I hold on to that? Not because it's useful to me, but because of the sentimentality and connection that I have with my parents, and that this is this is an old Bible. Right. Um, I have another Bible that is very useful to me that is just wrecked. Mm-hmm. I mean, it is a well-worn sword, and I used it so much that the binding broke on it, and if you can't fix it, duck it. <laughs> so I've duct taped it in place because of its usefulness. Right. Now, if it suddenly became useless to me in that I couldn't read it or, or you know, go back to the notes that I'd, that I'd had in it, mm-hmm. well, then it's, it's no longer useful and no longer has value. And, and I guess this is the point that I'm getting at. Aside from sentimentality and aside from usefulness, if you're holding on to a Bible specifically for superstitious reasons, well, now you've just made an idol out of your Bible. Right. And that's a problem. Um, and, so, and so intent is really important with how you engage the word of God. If um, I want to be respectful to my Bible, there are ways to do it. Um, you can go online and, and places all over the place will tell you the best way to handle these things. Mm-hmm. For issues of sentimentality, for issues of just being a good steward of the things that God has given us. I've heard of people like burying the Bible. Yeah, I, I found some uh, a, a lot of different resources as I was looking, um, and this came from baptistnews.com. Um, recycle it was one option. Yep. Uh, re- one. Repair it or duct tape it. Duck it. Whatever you like. It, duck it. Yeah. 
uh, donate it. Another great option if you know if, if it's still usable. Um, and then the last two, uh, burn it or bury it. Yeah, I like the burn it one because in my head I picture like a Viking burial at sea, <laughs> where you put it in a Viking boat and you Just canoe, you it roll off. it out, and then you got to shoot a flaming arrow. Maybe, maybe I could take this one over to Woodhaven Pond and do <laughs> it out it there. I don't even think you need to go that way. Just do it at the golf course right next door. <laughs> yeah, I, I think ultimately it's it's about respecting what you have been given. And I think all of those options are, are good options. Here's a bad option. If my intent is to um, desecrate the word of God or to reject um, God's word or to punish others who believe that the word of God is in with and under the Bible, mm-hmm. um, then I am sinning because my intent is to reject and blaspheme God. Right. Um, so it's understanding the intention behind why are you getting rid of the Bible? Um, you know, your son... It, it, it was your son's Bible, mm-hmm. and if it was the only Word of God that he that he had access to, then it's it's the the honorable thing to do is to excuse me find the best way for him to have access to the Word of God. Right. But if as the parent you're like, none of this is true, this is a myth, and I think it's wrong, and I'm throwing it away. Well, what you've now done is brought judgment upon yourself because of your unbelief. Right. It's not belief in the power and the value of the Bible, the book, but in trusting God's word to speak truth. That's what you're rejecting. It's a violation of the first commandment. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods. Right. Now, if you have another Bible to give your son, and this one is worn and torn and and just broken down, and it's of no value anymore, it's usefulness, does not bless him or you, and there's other means by which to receive the word of God, mm-hmm. then uh, recycling is a very uh, responsible thing to do. Um, or, you know, uh, disposing of it in a, in, a, in a good way, right? Yeah. Don't just throw it out in the street or something. Right. That is also um, meat, right, and salutary. There's mm-hmm. nothing, you, you've not brought um, a curse and blasphemy upon yourself by disposing of it in a respectful manner. Right. Which which can be recycling. It can be throwing away. Yeah. Yeah. Um, Not just the Viking burial. That's just the <laughs> coolest way. Yeah. That's the coolest way. Um, yeah. I, I think that that, it, you know, that might be something that uh, people struggle with, um, you know. We can make idols out of good things, too. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. And there's... I I uh I wanted to bring it up because um you know who knows there might be people out there listening that have a a stack of you know old bibles 10 bibles are, from well, years and I had this I just thought of this as kind of we were talking because my first thought was the Gideons who hand out yeah. bibles on campus mm. oh, sure. and I don't remember where or when I heard it but they purposefully set up so wherever they stand to hand them out they like on colleges college campuses wherever they have somebody who also then is kind of standing back and away so that way because inevitably they hand it to somebody you walk a couple feet college campuses are like disneyland there's a trash can right there yeah Mm -hmm. and they just toss it so where does that where does that lie in the getting rid of side because you could argue that they don't find it useful or Mm. 
So where does that fall into that sure. mix of? Yeah. Well, here's what's the, thing. the way to dispose of. Is the Gideons throwing it at the students like a frisbee? Where <laughs> I have no choice but to grab this thing, and I don't want it. So mm-hmm. it, intent is is an important piece of anything that to recognize that when we reject God where He promises to be, we are sinning. Mm-hmm. Um, and it's a violation of the first commandment. I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods. However, um, just because you receive a Gideon's Bible, which has the New Testament and the Psalms in it usually, and it's very small, just for the uh, a lack of either place to keep it or anything, you throw it away. Um, again, I think your intent is what matters more than the throwing away of mm-hmm. a book. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right? Um, you know, you can... you. I, I've received Gideon Bibles in uh, uh, gift packages where... Um, this Here's a Gideon Bible, a little small Bible that can fit in your pocket. Well, I got like four of them. Mm-hmm. So is it better for me to... Probably the best thing for me to do is to hand it on to someone else. Uh, but I'm not bringing damnation upon myself if I dispose of it Mm -hmm. in a respectful way. Mm -hmm. And I think even like, you know, before God's eyes, sin is sin, period, right? But we live in a temporal world where there are consequences for the sins that you do. Mm -hmm. And throwing a Bible, like a Gideon's Bible, in the garbage because you have no use for it, its usefulness is not um, uh, of great need to you. Because you have other sources for the word of God. It's not an issue of I'm rejecting this word, but I just have no need for this mm-hmm. book. Right. I was going to say yeah. that, yeah, there's a, a definite right. difference between, okay, I, I, I don't need that. Thank you. You know, I'm not mm-hmm. rejecting yeah. the, the word of God. I'm just, hey, I, you know, I don't need another. Right. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Because think about this. When you reject the word of God, remember, the word of God is a threefold expression. By rejecting the Bible. Mm-hmm. Am I rejecting the word of God? Because when I reject the word of God, the word preached, that is Jesus Christ, I'm rejecting Jesus. Right. Are you following me that far? Mm-hmm. Um, so what is this? This is this is multiple access points. If someone preaches to you, hey, Jesus loves you, and you're like, yeah, I believe that. Well, that is the most accessible way for you to receive the word of God outside of a physical object. Um, it's not the physical object that gives the Bible its holiness. It's the word that it contains, that it proclaims. And it's, uh, I'll give you an example. So I got this old Norwegian Bible on my shelf, right? It has sentimental value to me, but its usefulness is nil to me because I don't read Norwegian. Mm -hmm. It's still the word of God. It's the word of God on the shelf. Right. But it's not the word of God for me until I take it down and read it. Mm-hmm. And it's the same with like a Gideon Bible. It is, it is the mm-hmm. word of God, but in this form, is it accessible and useful to me? Or is my own Bible that I've poured over for years that I have my notes in, is that more accessible to me? Um, I already have the word of God. I don't need it in, in compact form. Mm-hmm. So what is this? It's just an object that is of... It doesn't preach to me, but mine does, and it's mm-hmm. the same word. Mm-hmm. So it's faithfulness to the word, not faithfulness to the object. Right. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. But again, it's the word of God, 
It's just not the word of God for you till you open it. And that's when it's really valuable. Right. Because then it begins to interpret you yeah. when you read it as it points you to Jesus. Yeah. Okay? So I, I think that is something that, you know, even I was at home going, do we, do we hang on to this thing? Well, for, and we all, and we all have the oldest superstition in our hearts called the opinio legis, the legal opinion, that if I can just figure out how to get right with God, then I'll be right. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. And so, of course, we, we make superstitions like, whoa, I don't want don't wanna, don't wanna to offend the, the big guy upstairs. Mm-hmm. Um, well, what's, what's the offensive part? It's, it's making God's word into a superstitious object rather than opening it up and being interpreted by it, letting the Holy Spirit work upon us. Yeah. So I know that there's there there may still be people who struggle with that, just well, thinking it, it's a it's a respect you know, a respectful well, thing or a disrespectful thing. But to, but here's another ethical question. Is it better to have a shelf full of old Bibles that you never read? Mm-hmm. Or is it better to have a Bible that you open up and you read every day, right? And you throw away the other twenty, thirty ones, that or 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 do your best to to repurpose them first. Yeah, yeah, and and that's that's the third commandment. Remember the Sabbath day to keep it holy. Mm-hmm. Is we are to fear and love God so that we do not deny God's word or the preaching of it, but regard it as holy and gladly hear and learn it. So it's the word of God that's holy, not the receptacle in which. It comes to you because the preacher preaching to you also is not holy. They are a sinner, but if they're preaching Christ, it's Christ who is holy, who makes you holy through hearing and believing in him. Mm -hmm. Uh, Faith makes it so. Faith is accounted to you as righteousness just as it was to Abraham. And that's what we hear in the Bible. Yeah. So it's a greater sin to have a shelf full of books of Bibles that you're holding on to that you never read. Right. Than it is to have only one and respectfully reduce your 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 what's, I was going to say carbon footprint <laughs> or whatever your you know your hoarding lifestyle yeah. is mm-hmm. so that it's the word of god that gets implanted not in a book but inside of you yeah because the more you read it the more it gets implanted yes yeah cool mm-hmm. thank you yeah so if anybody is out there who's wondering gosh what should I do? Viking uh, funeral pyre. Yep. <laughs> Flaming arrows. Yeah. You know, and if you haven't gotten rid of Eli's yet, this would probably be the perfect weekend to do it. Fourth of July. Oh, oh boy. yeah. Options. You know, uh, I I think I've tested my accident proneness enough <laughs> uh, in the last week here, so I'll just I'll leave that you, go. You have a fourteen-year-old though; they bounce back pretty quickly. <laughs> <laughs> How are I'd, you at shooting an arrow? I'd, 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 I'd have, try it and it would go straight down. Yeah, right into my foot. Yep. Uh, yeah, I'd have to get him out of the basement, though, to to, sure. to do something like that. True. So, yeah. So, okay. Well, thank you. Yeah, and you bet. Yeah, that was That's good. It's that a good was, question. It was good, yeah. Uh, so the next question is, um, how's prayer going for you, for you both? I have... Um, uh, I started walking every morning um, before work. I never used to do that, but now I my schedule allows that. Mm-hmm. 
And so I get up and I do my daily Bible reading, which you can find at atonement.live slash daily discovery. Daily discovery. If you want a, a yearly Bible reading plan. Uh, but I, I do that every morning. And then when I'm done, I go for a walk. And when I walk, I pray. Yeah. Um, because there's no distractions. There's no Netflix. There's no... Uh, anything like that. Well, there was for a while. I, I brought my phone uh, and I brought my earbuds because the, the route that I go is 2.2 miles. So that takes me, I, I walk it uh, uh, at a good pace. So it takes me about 34 minutes to do that. And uh, um, I just picture you as one of those speed walkers now. Yep. Uh, oh, I, bring, I bring the little weights along. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, this is a Headband. side note, but when it gets cold out again, I'm a big fan of mall walking. Oh, you know, yeah. People hate yep. on it, but it is, yeah. you might have to take that up. Or, yeah, we could go to the mall. Yeah, anything. Get tired, go hang out at the Roger Maris Museum. And <laughs> sit and watch, watch the loop a couple times. Yeah. <laughs> go sit down, yeah, watch the movie. <laughs> kind of takes out the distraction side of it, but. <laughs> For those uh, outside of the <laughs> FM area that have no idea, uh, Roger Maris uh, um uh, was a baseball player way back in in the sixties. Sixty one and sixty one. Yep, in nineteen sixty one, he set the uh, major league baseball record, home run record, was sixty one. Um, but uh, they have a dethroning the great Bambino. Yeah, the great Bambino. Yeah. And is it still the only legitimate home run record? Even that one had an asterisk next to it. I think I think Babe Ruth's is still the only. Non asterisk. Oh, oh, you've been gone from Fargo too long to be talking like this. <laughs> oh, I'm not saying it's right. <laughs> I'm just saying that's that's how the political waves go. Uh, the, the why was there an asterisk next to him? Because Roger Maris's se- the the season of '61, they had like I don't know ten more games, really <laughs> something like that. Yeah, so it was he he had to get the home run record within a certain like this was a national thing. Um, the commissioner ended up um, making a rule that you you had to break the home run record in the same number of games as as Babe Ruth, and so yeah, and if if I if I'm correct on this too, I don't think Roger Maris is in the Hall of Fame. Another, travesty. I don't think he is. I don't think he is. No, no. You know, this might be fighting words, but for as just overall, did we just derail the whole well, conversation? It's sorry. It's all right. My thought, is the the highway is long. We can get back up on <laughs> all it. Right. As boring of a game that baseball is to just sit and watch on your TV, it has so many scandals. Sure. Like, just more than any other sport out there. Like, do they just plant it to make it more, like, is that their clickbait to get more people into baseball? Is Boy, I'll tell you what. It's, um, I, I don't know. It's it, it makes for, I think of it kind of like like news, like, like media. What you get... Um, and I learned this in college. I had never thought of this before college, that when you turn on the TV, when you open a newspaper, um, TV shows, commercials, they're trying to sell you something, and there's mm-hmm. a spin that's embedded around a nugget of truth. And in sports writing, the more sensational the story, the more views you get. Um, and so, you know, baseball has a long history in our country as America's pastime. And yeah, there's a lot of a lot of scandals throughout the history of it that is is pretty amazing to watch. But it's not alone in that regard. I think you could look at a sport even like curling, and find all kinds of l- less um, 
popular scandals of, you know. You are going to get hate mail again. <laughs> well, hate? I'm not I'm not hating on curling. I'm just saying that whatever the sport is, there will be people who will try to find a way to cheat. Well, Avis D is a is a former curler. Is that she right? seriously is? Yeah. Well, then she can she can it, probably it, speak to that I'm and not let us know about, about the scandals that are in the 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 curling sports world. In in fact, I think that it I I think that may be how she and and the sainted uh, Mister D uh, uh, met each other. We'll have I'm, to check into that. Yeah, I think I'm so. gonna have to talk cert- to her about the uh, gold medal that USA got this past Winter Olympics because I love Olympic sports. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Especially curling. Yes. I, it's the one sport that, when it's on, I have mm-hmm. to watch it. I'm just mesmerized by by the whole thing. Mm-hmm. It's one of those Olympic sports where you're like, the Winter Olympics in general, you don't need a lot of sk- long-term skill to be a part of. Mm-hmm. But then it boils down. like It's like they start with figure skating, then hockey, and then just it gets <laughs> less and less and less. <laughs> Well, there is the one sport that cracks me up with winter. Um, it's cross country, like skeet shooting. Yeah. So <laughs> I've never seen that. Yeah, I don't they think. they they cross country to a target, take the take the gun off, shoot, and then keep on going down the trail. And I don't know if it's a timed thing that they got to get they got to finish the course first, or they got to huh. hit all the targets, or what. But it's it's cross country, and then it's shooting rifles. It's really wow. interesting. Wow, I've never watched that. Well. I'm, I'm going to have to check that out. Try the Google machine. You might be able to find some so, some clips. I think I will, but how did how did we get to <laughs> skeet shooting? Um, Where were we? Baseball, Roger's Mayor, oh, Roger Maris, Mall Walking Prayer. We, we were talking about <laughs> prayer. So, well, and the, the, one more thing about baseball. It's it's uh, crazy. Speaking of prayer. Speaking of prayer <laughs> and baseball, uh, it's, it is crazy how you can watch watch it on television and be asleep by the middle of the of the second inning. Mm-hmm. But it's so fun live, oh, yeah. Yeah. like going to an actual mm-hmm. game. It is yeah. fun. I agree. But anyway, let's see. So you're praying, you're walking and, and praying. Yeah, I'm you're trying. walking, and you're you're. you're you said oh it yeah, was yeah. Two point two miles. Two point two miles, and and it takes me thirty four minutes, like consistently, which is weird. You know, you'd think I'd change the pace up a little bit, but I usually don't. Gotta go for a PR. But it, <laughs> but I uh, I brought my earbuds with me. Yeah. And uh, thinking, well, you know, I'll pray, and then. It takes me thirty four minutes. The the you know the other thirty three, uh, I can listen to my my whatever's on my phone, and uh, the more I did it every day, the the shorter clips I would have to find on YouTube to listen to. And this morning, the last couple days, I get home from my walk and I have to sit. You know, uh, uh, sit on the couch and finish my prayers up. Uh, because, uh, because the, you know, it just is longer and, you know, like more, mm-hmm. more things that I think about and more I want to pray about. And, and, uh, is that we, I can't remember which episode we talked about prayer. It may be episode six. It was I, back a ways. We've done but, so many episodes at this point, oh, you yeah. know. It's crazy. We're going to have to start looking at seasons or crazy. something. <laughs> but, but, uh, yeah, so that's why I ask, you know, um, um, how do you 
how do you pray and and uh, do you find the same thing and do you go through seasons of prayer like like today you know it took I prayed for about 45 minutes but in you know two months from now am I going to be struggling to hit 15 with just where you're at it, yeah well I think I definitely go in seasons because I think like there are times that I can right off the top of my head no problem think about it and like right now I'm in a season where I I just can't I don't know it's like brain fade Mm. like I'm at a concrete block but I've been finding a lot of like just good prayers on like I'll be scrolling through TikTok and then it'll pop up with somebody on there who's praying Mm -hmm. and it's one minute long and it's kind of condensed and but it's a nice prayer it makes me feel refreshed it's some random person who for some reason algorithm god whoever decided that that needed to be there for me, and I always like it. So that's yeah. where I'm at right now. Hmm. So the the question um, and the statement that you, you you brought up made me think of of um, scripture, and in Romans eight, Paul talks about that we are all waiting in anticipation for a future hope. Mm-hmm. Now, what does that look like? It it it's not static. There are seasons in our life. You know, you know the old the the pun is that life is short no life is long Mm -hmm. Uh, especially when you're in the midst of suffering life is long Mm -hmm. this is what he says for i consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worth comparing with the glory that is to be revealed to us for the creation waits with eager longing for the revealing of the sons of god for the creation was subjected to futility not willingly but because of him who subjected it in hope that the creation itself will be set free from its bondage to corruption and obtain the freedom of the glory of the children of God. For we know that the whole creation has been groaning together in the pains of childbirth until now. And not only the creation, but we ourselves, who have the first fruits of the Spirit, groan inwardly as we wait eagerly for adoption as sons and daughters, the redemption of our bodies. For in this hope we were saved. Now hope that is seen is not hope, for who hopes for what he sees? But if we hope for what we do not see, we wait for it with patience. This is Paul talking about the new creation that we have through faith in Jesus Christ is um, a life in the Holy Spirit that is in a constant understanding of hope until we are resurrected. Like none of us are resurrected. We're not saved physically in that sense. Um, we are waiting in the hope of the resurrection in this life. In the life to come, we'll see with our eyes. So he says this next statement, which is what you were both saying, I think is, is a good way to describe your prayer life. Okay. Mm-hmm. Likewise, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. Now, what I mean by that is the question itself implicates all of us. How is your prayer life? Mm-hmm. Um, through faith, we engage with God, and prayer is engaging with God. Well, why aren't we doing that all the time? Because we're sinners. Right. Because we get easily sidetracked into whatever catches our fancy that becomes our primary focus. And some of it is just the realities of life. Mm-hmm. But even when we're called into those vocations of life, being parents, uh, our jobs, caring for our neighbor, we, we are still faithfully walking in hope and following where we believe God is leading us. When we engage God directly through prayer, 
We don't know how to do it right. That's what Paul is saying here. So he says, the Holy Spirit helps us in our weakness, for we do not know what to pray for as we ought, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us with groanings too deep for words. And he who searches hearts knows what is the mind of the Spirit, because the Spirit intercedes for the saints according to the will of God. Now, what does that mean? It is exciting to hear um, that witness that you just gave. Ryan, because it's a witness that points to Jesus that as you have been engaging in prayer and taking time to be in prayer, your prayer life is growing. Mm -hmm. Well, why is it growing? Because the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Yeah. Yeah. The the Holy Spirit is putting those needs and concerns on your heart that you're lifting to God, and it's going to come to God as prayer, praise, thanksgiving, all tied together. Mm -hmm. Help. Praise God, thankfulness for what God has given you, and that comes out in your prayer life as you've taken that time, set it a time as a holy time to be in conversation with God. And part of that conversation is listening, but it's not listening like we're used to listening with our ears. I I, I refer to it as, as like heart listening. Mm-hmm. It's being in it's being still and knowing that God is God and that time is lengthening. And the good news about that is that's because the Holy Spirit is talking to you. Yeah. And the Holy Spirit is interceding with sighs too deep for words. And it's the Holy Spirit who's praying those prayers to God. And you are interacting with that. That's what happens in prayer. When we begin praying, well, why would a selfish sinner like me even pray? It's because the Holy Spirit's put that on your heart. Mm-hmm. and has interacted with you in order to <coughs> excuse me, turn your focus away from your own be- belly button into your creator who loves you and is walking with you and suffering with you and for you even now. Yeah. It's, it's, it's been... <laughs> oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, it's, it's been fun. And um, I started uh, doing that as I walk because there aren't those distractions around. And I don't have to, uh, you know, be be in total silence because I know that's not going to happen with right. two kids and a dog and a cat. And well, and I even know. love your response there too because uh, it's it's the perfect response. It's been fun. I don't think people realize that praying uh, is not boring. Um, being a Christian is not boring. It's the most exciting life you could ever have to be able to walk with the creator and redeemer of the universe every single day and to experience the anticipation of hope and new life that begins now and continues for eternity, that's an exciting life. Watching the Holy Spirit work in and through the people around you and yourself and being able to actually visualize it is a very exciting thing. Mm-hmm. The outside world looks at Christians and thinks, that's just so boring. Well, no, it's fun. It's the most fun you could ever imagine to experience true joy and true relationship with uh, uh, the one true God. Yeah. And then engage in life that way. That's a hope-filled life. Yeah, it's it's also um, it's a neat way to start the day every day. Mm-hmm. You know, it's like... Um, I was talking to Mark one time, you know, back when I started, when I started here. Um, and at that time I was really struggling, like, you know, um, with, with 
just I would say finding time to pray. I you know I I don't have that time, but then I would I wouldn't feel very good. And he explained it to me as um, you know filling a jar with rocks with different size rocks and sand. You take the big things and you put them in there first, and then you'll fill that jar up completely full because you can put the small things in later. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And and so by by getting those rocks in there, reading every morning and, and doing the prayer, I actually have more energy and more time later in the day for all the other things that I thought were important in the morning. Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah we are self-actual, we are self-actualizing beings. Um, what that means is that we are constantly interpreting ourselves based on what it is that we engage with around us. And if all you're putting into yourself, aside from food and water, is a worldview that comes through media, that comes through television, that comes through whatever. Wrestling videos. Well, yeah. Uh, <laughs> if you, you know, you're, you're a bit more high end than some of us. <laughs> but all that stuff that you put into you, you're kidding yourself if you don't think that that doesn't affect you in some way. And so I like what Pastor Cross has been saying. I, I think it just, it, you know, it's none of this stuff is, is mind-blowingly like, oh, that's, that's crazy. It's, that's, I, that's so far out there. It's so common sense. He says, you know, turn off the Internet, turn off the TV, start your day with the Word of God and fill yourself up with that. And let that be your interpretation. Mm-hmm. Let that interpret you. Because look, people, humans, are incredibly suge- um, influenced by suggestion. You're good, you're bad, you're slow, you're, you know, think about your childhood and the you, you use that we end up um, taking into ourselves and defining ourselves by. Well, these are words that are coming outside of ourselves. When we watch movies or wrestling, (laughs) and don't get me wrong, I am not attacking popular culture as as the devil. Mm -hmm. What I'm saying is we, when we um, are feeding ourselves nothing but candy bars and beef jerky, uh, you're not going to be as healthy or feel as good as if you're getting the good stuff in you. Mm-hmm. When we ingest messages through music, through movies that are constantly reinforcing a worldview and a culture of death, we will imitate that and play it out in our lives. And the expectations that we have for our lives will be based on those assumptions rather than the expectations that we should have on our lives based on God's worldview of us. Do you understand what I'm saying? I, I don't know if I'm going too deep here or not, but it is um, a given that if you are not receiving God's word on your life that interprets you, you're going to be interpret interpreted by one of the millions of worldviews that reject God and seek to define you as something other than a child of God made in the image of God. So, yeah, being in Scripture 
every day and being in prayer with God every day defines you mm-hmm. and strengthens you um, to live as God intended rather than in a way that um, rejects God and seeks the things that are not of God. Mm. I didn't want to say, I had to fight the urge to say, oh. yeah. <laughs> so I just paused for a second. If it's you cool. smell <laughs> what the rock is cooking. Oh, that's good. Good times. So, yeah, it's it's it has been good and and um anybody listening, you know, I would I would suggest trying that. You know, you don't need you don't need that 45 minutes though. I mean, you may find yourself start with 10 you, seconds. Yeah, 10 the 10 second prayer. 10 yeah. second prayer. Well, or even my favorite time to do like my daily reading devotional, I brush my teeth for 4 minutes in the morning on my Sonicare toothbrush. Yeah. It's set a time I set out already. I'm going to stare at the wall mindlessly if I don't. So I can read on my phone and brush my teeth at the same time. Four minutes. Boom. Reading, I can't reading and brushing your teeth <laughs> at the same time. I can, I, you know, that's, that's chewing gum and walking at yeah. the same time. I don't know if I can pull that off. <laughs> reading and br- yeah. You know, I, maybe if you're a little clumsier, I, lean up against a yeah, wall. I'd have so toothbrush you know. all, <laughs> I'd have like toothpaste I'm, all over my phone. Right. <laughs> with, with my toothbrush, I'd be like on one tooth for like... <laughs> You know, choke on it or something. <laughs> Give yourself a, a COVID test. Yes. <laughs> toothbrush. <laughs> so oh. maybe only try that if you have So if you're not as skills. coordinated as Sarah Dion. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know, millennials and younger. <laughs> Highly recommend. Uh, yeah. That's cool. That, yeah. I'm going to try that tomorrow. Try that Do with it. my yeah. daily devotion. Mm. Brushing my teeth, multitask. Feeling like I'm getting stuff done. Yeah. What was that? Uh, was that from uh, Happy Gilmore? It would be the equivalent. Brushing my teeth, reading the word, <laughs> feeling the flow, feeling the flow, feeling the flow, working it, working it. <laughs> Brushing my teeth, reading the word, praying to God, feeling the flow. Oh, doing the bull dance. <laughs> And with that, (laughs) oh, that was fun. Thank you. Thanks, guys. Yeah, Yeah. Sarah, thank you. Um, Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time. We thank you for your word, uh, and and we thank you for, we do thank you for Bibles and and, uh, that a way that we can uh, read and understand your word. And, Lord, we thank you for prayer. Um, And, God, I pray that... uh, for all those listening, uh, I pray that they would get into the word, and I, I pray that they would pray to you, Lord. Um, and uh, we thank you for all these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Well, thank you, everyone, for joining us today. Sarah, thank you. Thank you, Ryan. DJ, thank you. And and uh, don't forget that you can join us every Sunday um, at 9 and 1030 live on atonement.live, atonementfargo.org, or YouTube, or anytime uh, at on YouTube by searching Atonement Fargo. Um, all of our past uh, worship services are on there. And uh, for DJ Lura and Sarah DeYoung, I'm Ryan Janke, and we'll meet you back here next week for another riveting episode of That Podcast. 
so good. <laughs> so good. I love it.